Good morning. Praise God. Welcome to Morning Coffee with Christ. I'm Minister Michelle Carter Douglas. And with me this morning on March the 14th, 2022, I have my lovely host, Sister Patricia Carter, Sister Arlessa Douglas, Brother Patrick Douglas, Brother Rylan Douglas, and Sister Nicole. Uh, most likely will be joining us um, uh, later in this episode or in our very next episode. Today, we're going to have um, two of our uh, broadcasts aired um, because we have an exclusive interview with author of The Cave, Scott Disler, a very well-written and great book, um, just a testimonial of how God brings us uh, out of the darkness, you know? And so um, you just have to get it. The book is available on amazon.com and um, all online book sources. And we are going to pioneer to get the book available. Um, if it's not already, it's probably already um, in Barnes and Noble bookstores. Hallelujah, praise God, yes. So. Uh, with that being said, Sister Pat, if you would lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, another day that you woke us up in our right mind, dear Lord, and you took our body. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Another day that we're able to rise up in this wonderful world that you've created. And we can say hallelujah, bless and praise your holy name to the one and only true God. Lord, we just ask for your continued blessings as we go throughout the day. Protected from all harm, danger, and illnesses by you and your angels, dear Lord, looking over us and walking with us and guiding us. Lord, we ask for blessings and protection also from our poor late family as they go out through their day, dear Lord. Love is eternal. Lord, we just love you so much. 
Sister Pat. Sister Arlesa. Praise God. Brother Patrick. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And so basically on this uh, episode, we will come back with a little discussion and we will get right back into our interview uh, with uh, author Scott Disler. We'll be right back after this moment. The Cave, When Ministry Becomes Misery by Scott Disler. I know the cave all too well, what it looks like, what it feels like, and what it sounds like. I even know what the cave smells like. And believe me when I say that the cave-like aroma may never fully leave my nostrils. It is a smell that I will always remember and one that will impact me the rest of my life. Find out what the cave is and how it almost took the calling of Scott Disner. This book available on amazon.com and wherever books are sold. Amen. Welcome back to Morning Coffee with Christ. Praise God. So we uh, have our interview and today's testimony and truth topic is about the journey through the wilderness. And so um, to my co-host, to my host, can you share with um, the audience um, a, a little bit about a, a journey uh, through your wilderness in which 
uh, brought you closer to the Lord. Sister Pat. Oh, I thought you. I didn't know you were talking to me. No, I'm sorry. You know, like through the wilderness, I, like I said, I always knew that the Lord was there, but for some reason, I really didn't reach out and grasp and get a hold until I got more like, you know, over in my uh, 30s, I would say, I mm -hmm. always knew God was there. There was many times, you know, I knew he brought me through, even as a child, a child with kids, some kids, not all, all of them would take a couple to get on you, you know, get on you and pick it and make you think that you're, you know, the little you make you like less of yourself. You know, like I was chubby. Mm -hmm. Some kids, you know, they can call you sad. They make you feel like, you know, you look like a walking balloon walking around. And I was dark brown skin. And mm -hmm. there were some people, you know, people in my color, you know, they make you feel like, you know, I'm not as attractive because, you know, you're not, you know, light skin. But I think the Lord was always there, always there. I
just because they feel that you have something that they don't have. And, and I, I start thinking about a lot of ways and I see where Satan will make people hate you mm. for the light in your life. For whatever yeah. reason you're happy about, they just hate you. So I understand that. It's a lot of different things. And more and more as I get a little older, I might as well, I'm just what I'm trying to say. The more I got closer to God and understood what many people in my lives were trying to tell me different people. Like, I didn't even understand the study school and church until I started living and started looking back with what my mother was telling me and looking backwards and what Dorothy was telling me. And I see that God was with me, holding me up all through the time. Even when the illnesses, um, had to have several surgeries and so forth, but like, I just didn't, you know, I just didn't think, just didn't think, you know, God's holding me up. And um, he will bring me through, bring me through. And I look back and I say, well, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm doing times, I look at other things in my life. I might not have been here. I might not have been here, been in situations. I might not have been here where other people did survive or did not survive. And it just you know, do many, many things. It's just hard to describe. God will bring you through that wilderness. He will give you joy and peace where you think you can't have joy and peace. He gives you your health. It brings you on through. Health not only just your physical health, your your spirit, your your mind. You know, just it's just different. And you look at life and you. I'm just so thankful to be here today and to know the one and only true God. And for all, all that he brought me to and all the people in my life, the people, even the people that heard me because they taught me a lesson. They taught me a lesson too. Mm-hmm. And they taught me to have compassion for them because when you don't know the Lord, you give up the greatest gift of all and that's you know, eternal life and salvation with him forevermore. So yes. I just thank God. I thank God for my life and all that energy only comfort my family, my my joys and my sorrows. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, Sister Pat, for that testimony. Uh is there anyone else that wants to share anything? Um, I just would like to um, just add to what she said. I, a lot of the things Sister Pat was saying was very much true. Sometimes we don't even, um, I guess, figure out. We, it takes a while to figure out different things to do with life, for everything to come together. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I would like to say that I agree with what she was saying. Amen. Sometimes Amen. you feel like you're kind of like lost. You're trying, you're trying to find your way. I think that's why when you build your um, relationship with the Lord, it's your own journey. Mm-hmm. You can't really like go off of anyb
Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does, Sister Arlessa. And you know what is what is so beautiful about um, what is so beautiful about uh, life and the appreciation of. Uh, the wilderness is, is is that it grounds you, it humbles you. And in the book, The Cave, it, it talks about that uh, where Arthur Disler um, was at his peak uh, in success. And all of a sudden, you know, um, he enters into the cave. And so, you know, what in my own personal life, um, I would have to say that my my wilderness is um, the wilderness of homelessness, the wilderness of domestic violence, the wilderness of self inadequacy, um, the wilderness of self loathing, um, the wilderness of depression, the wilderness of bitterness, the wilderness of hate and unforgiveness, you know, um, I would not be able to love and serve God in the capacity that I'm serving him if it was not having a one-on-one spiritual battle in those wildernesses. Because in those wildernesses, um, I found that I had to rely on the Lord because my emotions were so all over the place, you know, and, and it, it made me more appreciative of what I've had now because there was times in my life where paying the rent, paying the bills was not important because it was like I just didn't care. I was so bitter and so depressed. I just didn't care. You know, and, and so now it's just everything is, is, and you know what? I have a long way to go in life, a very long way of, uh, to go, you know, but thank you, Jesus. God arts with us. Uh, anybody else have any uh, thoughts? Amen, amen. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, you know, we fucked up everything that uh, was said in the book for Cain, you know, goes into that. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. God is, God is great. God is good. He is great. Amen. amen. With that being said, we are going to uh, bring this episode to a close so I can upload this um, and everybody uh, gets this uh, great information. Again, in our podcast, we will upload the social media links to get a hold of uh, 
uh, Arthur Scott Disler, um, his online churches, um, his book, all of that. Um, in addition, uh, please pass the word. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you would like to be uh, featured on our podcast, simply get in touch with us at morning, I'm sorry, at coffee with Christ with a capital C 265 at yahoo.com. That's coffee with Christ 265 at yahoo.com. Also, uh, if you would like uh, for your business or your podcast or anything that you're doing to be featured on our show, um, you can also inquire within that email or simply reply at the link, uh, which will be uh, included in our podcast. I want to thank you again. Blessings, blessings, blessings. And thank you for partaking on this cup of Christian love. Amen. Good morning and welcome to Morning Coffee with Christ. I am blessed. We are blessed here this morning to get uh, inspired and spiritually educated by our brother and Arthur. Uh, of the cave, Scott Disler. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. Thank you. And Scott, bless me with this book. And I am adopting this book in our Bible study because when I started to read the book, I thought I was going to read it and I ended up studying the book. So I have my highlighters and my post-its and, and everything. And I will say, uh, this is a must buy in the name of Jesus, because Amen. just the, the transparency, the honesty of, of letting people know that sometimes as ministers, we go through the rock bottom, which I had no idea what a cave was until I read your book. Right. Okay. Now, and that brings me, because when I first was blessed with your book, I thought it was going to be a great read. But a couple pages in, um, I said, this isn't a, a book book. This is a self-help book, mm -hmm. you know, um, that God had ordained to you. Can you tell us, before we get into your book, let us know a little bit about who Scott Disler is outside sure. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Um, I live up here in northern Michigan. We are way up by the Upper Peninsula. We get about 150 inches of snow every year. And uh, so you got to love winter to live up here. Amen. And uh, we, we like to say up here, there's only two seasons. There's nine months of snowmobiling and three months of bad snowmobiling. That's kind of okay. how it is up in northern Michigan. But I pastor a church up here in a town called Gaylord, Gaylord, Michigan, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a, a rural town. And then we have another campus up in Sault Ste. Marie, which is right on the Canadian border. And then we also have an online campus and we have a TV ministry that reaches 53 counties in all of northern and central wow. Michigan. And every single Sunday at eight o'clock in the morning. Our service is on that as well as live on the radio. So 
Our goal as a church is to saturate Northern Michigan with the gospel of Jesus and the teaching of the word of God. So that's what we're all about. I'm married, my wife, Laura, we will celebrate our 35th wedding anniversary this May. Yes. Uh, yes. We have two adult children. Uh, our daughter lives here in our town and she teaches in the public school system. Our son and his wife and our three incredible grandkids, they live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So we wish we could see them more often, but that's okay. We're, I've always said the best place for your kids and grandkids to live is in God's will, okay? And, and okay. we know they're in God's will. So that's a little bit about me. Praise God, praise God. And so, you know what? It's so, uh, I wanna say spiritually phenomenal how you answered that question because what you are saying is God is nothing without Jesus, nothing without exactly God. Right. That God is who you are. Exactly right. You Absolutely. Know? Apart and from him, we can do nothing. Exactly. Exactly. And that is that is what uh, God has called and, and chose us to be that, you know, one of which, and you talk about that in your book about, um, you know, just the, the, the humility and uh, being, you know, uh, a, a preacher and, and things like that. Now, one of which, uh, and I'll read this excerpt from, sure. from the book, which really had me like, wow. And this is only page 13. Like I said, <laughs> this is a page turner from start to finish. I mean, from cover, from the front of the cover to the end of the cover. On page 13, just in chapter one. I know the cave all too well, what it looks like, what it feels like, and what it sounds like. I even know what the cave smells like. And believe me, when I say that the cave-like aroma may never fully leave my nostrils, it is a smell that I will always remember and one that will impact me the rest of my life. Explain. You see, what I discovered in my time in the cave, and let me kind of explain when I talk about the cave, what do I mean? Mm. The cave is that place that you tend to retreat into when you face opposition, when you're hurt or betrayed. And I think most people who've been in ministry long enough have experienced that kind of hurt and those kind of wounds. And that's what happened to me uh, back about 12 years ago. I was pastoring a church in Pennsylvania and the first five years were amazing. Uh, the church tripled in size, incredible what God was doing. But then I had the most influential man in the church, the man that kind of had all the power, who had been my greatest cheerleader, suddenly turned against me. And now there were lies, there were secret meetings, there were ambushes, there was betrayal. And as I saw all of that happening, I found myself retreating into this allegorical cave, this place. And, and, and I think there are certain steps you take into it. I think it begins with fear. I saw all this happening, I began to fear. Am I gonna lose my ministry? I have a kid in college, how am I gonna pay for it? What will people think? 
um, that turned into a sense of isolation. I began to pull away from everyone, even my own family. And then that led to self-pity and paranoia where it ended up that anytime I saw two people talking, I assumed they're talking about me. And that ended up in hopelessness. And that's where I was in this cave, feeling hopeless. And the thing that I got the most joy out of in life, ministry, now was a misery to go into the office every day, to preach every Sunday. And by the way, I'm not the first one to find that cave. You find it in the story of Elijah. Here he is one chapter on top of Mount Carmel, calling down fire from God. The very next chapter, he's in a cave going, God, just kill me. Just kill me. He had found the cave. Now, what happens is that, unfortunately, though so many people end up in the cave, the sad part is, especially in ministry, that many, many pastors never come out of the cave. In mm. fact, the cave ends up ending their ministry. They just get out of ministry. Mm. By the grace of God, I was able to find steps to take to come out of that cave, mm. to find joy in ministry again. Mm. But I'll always remember what that cave was like, that feeling, that thought, um, that fear, that isolation. And the good part to that is because of that, I can come alongside of other people now who find themselves in the cave. You know, yes. no one can minister to you more than someone who understands. Right. And God's opened up a whole new um, realm of ministry for me to come alongside of people who've been hurt, who've been betrayed. And, and that's not always in ministry. That happens even if you're not in ministry. Mm -hmm. and to be able to say to them, the cave may be part of your story. But it doesn't have to be the end of your story. Ooh. The cave is part of my story, but it wasn't the end of my story. Yeah. And actually, I would say the cave made me a better pastor. Mm, mm. Praise God. And you know what? I, I'm just going to say uh, this book is a lifeline. And, and the reason why I'm saying that, and I'm just going to be honest for, for a moment. Right now, um, I didn't know what to call it, you know, back in 2009 when I got called to preach in Iran. So this book opened me up. And also, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm getting copies for, you know, the people um, in my Bible study. But more overly, I want my youngest son, Brylin, to read this book because I think this is where he's at. And so God, the Holy Spirit ordained this interview, uh, ordained for you to bless me with this book, which also when you, when you so eloquently put it, um, you experienced the highs, you know, right. where you were at the top of everything. And exactly. then you go into this cave and you also put that in your book, um, just like uh, Jesus, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you could tell in, in detail with, with people who are um, listening and that will listen, mm -hmm. how would you, what do you want them to know when they experience those 
uh, highs and then going to the cave? Yeah, great question. And, and I think one of the reasons I think the cave often follows a spiritual high mm-hmm. is because when we're on a spiritual high, we have a tendency to let our guard down. We kind of think, well, we, we've got this. Well, look at me. And, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 4, you need to continually be guarding your heart, right? Mm-hmm. Satan's always trying to attack our heart and our mind. But when we're on a spiritual high, I think we let our guard down. I think the other thing that happens on a spiritual high is that sometimes we become more dependent on ourselves and less dependent on the Lord, I right? Look that. what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. And and that can happen. And there can be some arrogance that builds up. One of the things I talk about in my book is when the whole process was over and I was able to honestly evaluate, I found that during those times of my spiritual high, there were two things I let in my life. One was arrogance, Mm -hmm. but the other was this. I found that I was getting my sense of self-identity by the success of my ministry. Mm-hmm. And when I lost that, suddenly I lost my self-identity. And that's when I had to repent and say, God, my self-identity cannot be in the success of my ministry. It must be in who I am in Jesus Christ, period. And I really think sometimes when we get on those spiritual highs, this is going to sound kind of strange, but I think it's true. Sometimes ministry success can become an idol. And we love ministry success more than we love God. And I think all of that can happen on that spiritual high. And when that happens, we give Satan a foothold and he sends that attack, usually in the form of opposition, hurt, betrayal, and we wind up in the cave. You know what? And, and, uh, you know, we are in church right now. I'm learning right now because I will agree with that because a lot of times you hear and, and see people who, you know, visually you see them with uh, monetary success, you know, right. and, you know, you, you think that their ministry is blessed because they have those things. And I do agree with that. Sometimes you you do come to that uh, thought process as far as, well, I must be doing so much better than other people, you know, right. so I do. So you would say that being in the cave will humble you mm. um, and, and allow you to appreciate what God has done for you. Is that safe to say? Yeah, it certainly can. Now, here's what I discovered. That when you're in the cave, one of two things are going to happen to you. You're either going to become better because you learned those things, or you're going to become bitter because you refuse to learn those things. And I've seen people do both. I've seen people go into that cave and they just become spiritually bitter. They get mad at God. They get mad at the church. That's why when, when when I was going through this cave, my wife and I, prayed a prayer every day during that time. And here was our prayer. Mm-hmm. We said, God, when this is over, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. our prayer is we'll be more in love with you than we are today. We'll be more in love with each other than we are today. Mm-hmm. And we'll be more in love with the local church than we are today. 
Because I've watched people go into that cave and turn bitter against God, bitter against their spouse, bitter against the church. And mm -hmm. I can honestly tell you only by the grace of God that 12 years removed, God answered that prayer because I'm more in love with him today than I was. I'm more in love with my wife now than I was. Yes, and yes. even though my greatest hurt in life came from the local church, mm -hmm. I am more in love with the local church than I ever have been. The mm -hmm. cave will make you bitter or it will make you better. And it will make you, oh, wow, that is powerful. That's so powerful. That is so powerful. And I got so much from that because, you know, sometimes I think in, um, in, in, in being a Christian, um, we see, and I'll just give an example. There was a person who in their ministry, um, they, they had that bitterness. So other people judge that. And what I love about the book is, is I, this is a must buy for people who are in the ministry and also people who are Christ-like, because this takes not only um, in the aspect of you learning about yourself, and understanding that you're not being punished for being in the cave, but this will help people not to judge them because sometimes people who are not in the cave, they say, well, what kind of person is this? You talk about they can be a minister and they're, and they're bitter against God and they wonder why they're going through this stuff. They're not called to preach, but this lets people know you could be called and you could go through this part where your ministry is the ministry, but that doesn't mean that you don't love God. Right. That right. does not, and I love how you use examples and you lay out scriptures. Um, and, and I'll just say this, First Peter 5, 8, in the paragraph mm -hmm. of your book, I think there is another reason why this is so often the case. Whenever we take steps of faith, whenever we see a great spiritual victory take place, it makes our enemy very unhappy. I believe exactly. that Satan loves to pop our celebration bubble when we're on a spiritual high. That is why Peter wrote, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your mm -hmm. adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to seeking someone to devour now you you said this earlier and i've heard this scripture many of times but this when i read it in the book in the context that i read it mm -hmm. it gave on a more in-depth meeting meeting you understand what i'm saying and um I, I just you know and i i cannot uh thank you enough um, what I want to ask, uh, how did you, um, uh, what was it, did you feel uncomfortable putting this down in paper for others to read and possibly judge you? Well, yes. In fact, it, that's why it took me 10 years to write the book, okay. um, mm -hmm. because of just that. There were some things that... I wanted to be careful of one was that, uh, but I also wanted to be careful of this. Um, when I first wrote the book, 
it was twice as long. And I had to go back to the book and take out the stories of how the church hurt me. Because I didn't want the book to be a tell-all, let everybody feel sorry for me, how I got hurt. I wanted the book to be, yes, I got hurt, but let's deal with what are the practical steps you can take if you're in the cave to help get out of the cave. But anytime you put what would be deemed by man as a human failure out in public, there will always be people who will judge you. There will always be people who will look down at you. But the one thing that I've discovered is when you read the Bible, every hero in the Bible, it includes their failures. uh, I've often said, I'm glad I'm not a character in the Bible for all the world to know what I did wrong. But Mm -hmm. we we see Samson's failures. We see Noah's failures, David's failures, Abraham's, Peter's. But you know what? When we see them in there, God put them in there for a purpose, and it was for this. Not that we would look down at them, but that we would learn from that example. And so now as a result, what they went through makes me walk with Christ closer because it's revealed in Scripture. So that's kind of how I viewed putting that down in the book. Praise God. Praise God. My next question would you equate or compare the cave to depression? Oh yeah, there's no doubt. There's a, there's a link. I, I don't think anyone spends time in the cave without mm-hmm. also facing depression, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, now depression can come in all different varieties and sizes and sorts and all that stuff, but there's no doubt it's there. And right. that's why I think so many people end up staying in the cave. Because mm-hmm. depression, first and foremost, is going to attack your thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Bible says we need to take every thought into captivity. And I found when I was in the cave, the thing I needed help with the most was somebody helping me think through my own thoughts. Were they true? Were they godly? Were they biblical? Was I believing a lie from Satan on some of these thoughts? And I actually found a really wonderful Christian counselor who had pastoral experience who helped me walk through that thinking. And I think that's really what kept me from really going even deeper into depression. Okay. Because he helped me to think it through biblically. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for that insight, because I think that's imperative to know, because sometimes uh, people will constitute depression or mental health with something uh, lacking uh, spiritually in your life. And that's not the case. Not at all. Not and at it all. is imperative to seek help, professional help. Absolutely. You, you can't just have good intentions or the power of positive thinking when it comes to depression. We need help. We need each other. And that was vital for me. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So. With that being said, we already established, uh, well, I said why I really, I truly believe that all pastors and all people in the congregation should definitely get this book because it's on both um, aspects as far as, you know, uh, ministers understanding what exactly the cave is 
how to evolve out of that spiritually and also the examples of, of Elijah and, you know, and then I love how you and your wife connected uh, praying to God in agreement, you know, because we look at poor, our, our poor brother, Joe, you know, he wasn't so blessed, you know, he wasn't so blessed, but you know, and, and the congregation, because it's so important for us to encourage one another. I know, you know, with, uh, myself, uh, just, you know, with my own children, um, they're all adults, you know, and I, I definitely want to have this in our own family Bible study, um, too, you know? So with that being said, um, is there anything else that you want people to get from your book? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think there's a, a big one that really, really helped me, and I hope it comes across in the book. And, and I want people to understand what I would call the beauty of brokenness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Bible says a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. And I think sometimes we spend all of our life trying to avoid brokenness. But the truth of the matter is that God wants to use brokenness in our life. I heard a preacher, and I put this in the book one time, say that when you look in the Bible, every time Jesus passed out bread, the 5,000, the 4,000, the Last Supper, he always had the same pattern. He took the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke the bread, he gave the bread. Yes. And the pastor said, I think that's how God works with people. He takes us, he blesses us, mm-hmm. but before he can truly give us, there needs to be a time of brokenness. Yes. And yes. God will allow that brokenness to come into our life, not to destroy us, mm-hmm. but rather in order for us to be able to allow him to give us in a new and a fresh way. Look at Joseph in the Old Testament. Talk about brokenness. He went from the pit to the prison. He was broken, but God used that brokenness to give him in a special way as the prince of Egypt who saved all the land, including his family from famine. So I want to simply say brokenness is going to come into our life. I don't think we can totally avoid it, but God wants to use it. So I often say this, your cave experience may be part of your story, but it doesn't have to be the end of your story. Uh, I believe with all my heart that for every believer in Jesus Christ, the best is yet to come. And I think that's true for each of you, even if right now you're in the cave, it's not over. Let's take steps of faith. Let's trust God and let's see how God uses even the cave. I believe I'm a better person today because of the cave, a better husband because of the cave, And I believe I'm a better pastor today because of what I learned in the cave. And amen, amen, praise God, praise God. And you know, the one thing, um, chapter five in your book, the giant outside the cave. Um, If you could just explain a little bit about this chapter and um, how uh, how you came up with the, 
analogy of, of a giant outside the cave because a lot of times people might think, okay, there's a giant before you get in the cave. There's a giant while you're in the cave, but now you got to go with a giant outside the cave. So it's like, can I get a break? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and it's so true. You know, typically you go into the cave because there was a giant that sent you into it, right? But, you know, I, I think for me, one of the biggest giants I faced while I was in the cave was the feeling that my calling was over. Um, because I'm thinking, what church is going to want a failed pastor? That was my giant out there, you know, and I was ready to give up. In fact, I spent six months working in an insurance office thinking I'm going to give up ministry because I, I'm, I'm wounded. I'm a failure. No one will want me in, the, in their ministry. And I met with a pastor and, and I asked him about that. And he said this, he said, Scott, from a human perspective, no church would want you. That's how you'll know your next church is God's plan for you because God will give them a peace even about your past. And that's exactly what God did when he brought me here. So the whole giant outside the cave, that's a take on the story of David and Goliath. David faced a giant. The giant seemed insurmountable. But here's the thing that I love about David and that story. When you read it carefully, you'll discover that when it came time for that battle, even though that giant is hurling threats at David, the Bible says David ran toward the giant. And I love that. He had confidence in God enough that it gave him courage to say, I'm not going to stay in the cave. I'm going to run towards that giant, and I'm going to believe that God is going to allow me to see that giant fall because God has plans for me, even though the cave is in my past. Man, amen. Praise God. Praise God. So now I want to discuss, um, we, we discussed so much, and i tell you what, this is a must get book you know and god bless you god god bless your wife your family um it just you know what scott your transparency honesty and and just how you allow god to use you is a blessing now thank you, I, thank you. amen praise god thank you now we you shared uh, um about your ministry your church but again i wanted to save this for the end how can people go online um, to watch your, your, your church services? Where can they get the book? Just right now is your time to let everybody know the lifelines of the links and, and pages that they can get a hold of you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll start with, with, with the book. And of course, the best way to get the book is just online, Amazon. Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, all those. You're not going to find it at your local bookstore, obviously, but they probably even could help you order it. But Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, you can order it online. I, 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 I did the book in such a way that it's, I hope, an, an easy read. It's only like 140 pages. And, uh, but the whole reason for the book was 2 Corinthians 1 tells us that God comes alongside of us in our trials so that we can come alongside of others who go through the same trial. And that's really what the book is written for, to give spiritual hope and practical help to anybody, whether they're in ministry or not, 
who feels like they're in the cave because they've been hurt or they've been betrayed. And if that describes you or someone you know, I really believe there's something in this book that God could use to encourage you and to help you. Now, as far as our ministry, our website is myefree.org. Now, let me spell it. It's M-I-E-F-R-E-E. M-I like Michigan. M-I-E-F-R-E-E.org. And from that website, you can go to our Sermons on Demand page where basically every sermon I preach the last 10 years, the video's there. Or on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.30 Eastern time, you can click on Watch Live. Now, we would never want you to stay home from your church to watch live, but if you can't be at your church and you want to do that, that's there as well. And I would also say this, I'm always available to have conversations with people. Uh, you can email me through our church website. Um, you can do that in a heartbeat. If you just need someone to pray with you or you got a question, or you just need to talk to someone who understands what you're going through. I am always, that's the whole purpose for the book. The whole purpose is to be able to have a ministry to other people who may feel like they're in the cave all alone. Praise God. Praise God. And I said, I'm going to have the links uh, in the body of the podcast, you know, and I'm going to try to do a couple different things. We're not only putting it on this interview on Morning Coffee with Christ. I'm going to try to see about getting the uh, video and audio um, uploaded to uh, a podcast and stuff. I just started this podcast in January and uh, God bless me, you know, because it's, 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 it's hard, you know, being a minister and on top of that, you know, um, God is good. I'm blessed with, uh, mm. two, you know, sons on the autism, uh, spectrum, you know, God is good, you know, yeah. and this book, I, I, I want to say truly, uh, is a blessing in my life and gave me encouragement and education. And I'm going to continue to study and read this, like I said um, before, and share it in the Bible study. Matter of fact, when our Bible study resumes uh, in the March, this is what we're studying. And it's funny because I didn't know what book we were gonna go into, you know? And, right. um, and I love Max Licato. And uh -huh. I tell you what, you're you're up there with him well you are very this gracious book, this is this is, and you know what and and what i also want to do um because i said i'm going to interview like a, a couple more people but i'm going to take a break because i want to devote uh, myself on the people that i interview because i think that's why god opened this door um anybody who picks up this book um you're going to be blessed if you pick it up from Barn and Nobles, if it's not there, they got to order it in. Um, enough of us get together and say, we want this book to be on the shelves at Barnes and Noble. Let's do it. Okay, let's Thank do you. it. Yes, let's do it because you know what? This book will save lives and it will save a lot of clergy from walking away. Right now, there's a lot of clergy that's getting discouraged. That's right. 
you know, and they feel that they are failing God. So how can they help anybody else? You know, but this book lets you know, it's okay. You're going to come out the cave better exactly than when right. you went in. You exactly right. Amen, Scott. So uh, lastly, is there anything else that you want to say? No, again, I just want to, to say, if you're in the cave, don't give up. Don't give up on God. I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. You're going to learn in the cave some lessons that though they're hard to learn, they're going to make you a better person. Don't, you'll be bitter or better. And what I've decided is that choice is really yours. So choose to let the cave make you a better person. Praise God. Praise you, God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to uh, stop the recording.